Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most cooperative podcast in the history of cooperation. Speaking of which, I am about to cooperate with my one and only most fantastic cooperative co-host of any podcast of all time. It's the one and only Mr. Everett Farnell. You know, Steve, I just reached out to Joe Rogan and I told him he was voted the number one podcast. I don't know how. I was sure we were going to be voted number one, but he was voted number one. So I reached out to him and said, look, congratulations. Good job. What are we going to do? How are we going to work together to increase the listenership of both of our podcasts? How are we going to lever this up so that we both can explode our readership two, three, four, five, ten times what it's at now? Clearly, what we're talking about is, and, and we have just uh, celebrated, by the way, on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the second major election in the history of our podcast. How about that? With at least one more to go, two years from can now. You can you believe it's been two years? I absolutely do believe it, although the time does fly, because every week, dear listeners, just so you know, we get on the phone for about five minutes before we turn on the recording. We go, what are we going to talk about? And there's way too many topics every week that we got to <laughs> choose from one of them. We could just, on the topics for this week, for instance, we could talk about for at least a month's worth of podcasts. So, we're not going anywhere. There's always going to be fresh lessons learned from Donald Trump for at least the next two years. You are stuck with us, and you're stuck with learning lessons from Donald Trump brought to your attention by us so that you can have more fun and make more money in your business. Speaking of which, this week, of course, we have the big election where the Democrats took over the House of Representatives from the Republicans, and Nancy Pelosi, as the leader of the Democrats in the House, Donald Trump called her reportedly on election night to concede and congratulate her on winning, even though she and 200 and whatever other Democrats had won, but he was congratulating overall, hey, congratulations, you won, and immediately putting out an olive branch to like, hey, how are we going to work together? And by the way, he came out immediately in the news saying, hey, I highly endorse Nancy Pelosi for speaker. She deserves it. And then she comes out and goes, well, it's not about deserving it, because deserve is what you did in the past. It's about who can do the best job in the future. And that's definitely me. So Trump is right, even though he's wrong, because, you know, she has to say he's wrong, but he's right, and I should be it, and blah, blah, blah. And so what I don't know, maybe this happens all the time and I just don't pay attention because I certainly don't pay attention to the nonsense of politics. But I don't know if that happens all the time. If the president calls the leader of the other party after a midterm election where the other party wins 
and extends an olive branch and says, let's discuss ways we can work together. And I know it doesn't happen often in a world of business. Way too often in business, Everett, I don't know if this is your experience, but it's certainly mine working with thousands of business owners over the last four decades or so, and owning my own businesses. All the time, people that, quote, lose to their competition, you lose a bid, or a lead calls both places and goes with one and not the other, or an employee that you're both trying to get and woo to come over, or you're both trying to buy another company, one wins, one loses. And I don't often hear about the immediately extending an olive branch and figuring out ways you can work together, but that's the lesson learned this week from Donald Trump. That's exactly what he did with Nancy Pelosi, and he took it a step further. He not only reached out to her and said, let's see how we can work together, but then he made a public proclamation, hey, we're going to be on the same side for the next two years. We're going to get a lot of stuff done. Let's work together. We both love the country. We're both patriots, and let's get it done. And that just doesn't happen enough in the general world of business, or am I off base? No, I think you're absolutely on base. There's definitely a play to fight hard against your competition, but I think you use the boxing metaphor very aptly. You say what you're going to say, you do what you do, it's cutthroat, you do everything that you can do to win, but if you lose, you still shake hands after the boxing match, and you figure out how you can do it again so that you both can make some more money. Immediately. That's why I brought that up on the podcast before from the election. People say, oh, but Trump was calling Marco Rubio all the names and Ted Cruz, Lion 10, and then suddenly he's endorsing him and he's flying out and he's loving him. And like, yeah, but Trump tells you it's like sports. Second someone wins the Stanley Cup in hockey where they've been beating each other into the boards and crashing into each other for like two weeks and hating each other. What do they do? They take off their helmet and they go shake hands. In boxing, the same thing. They're beating the crap out of each other for an hour. They're both a bloody mess they can barely see, but they shake hands. They go cash their checks. They get, immediately get on with their agents and go, how can we hook up with a rematch and make some more money together? So in the sport business that happens all the time. Does it happen a lot in your experience in the normal business world? Not nearly as much as it should because business owners, you know the deal. Too many business owners are not focused on the end goal. They get wrapped up in little steps along the way. So they get their ego wrapped up in whether something stings or not or whether who cares. You're in business to make money. Now, that doesn't have to be – a guy listening to a lot has a great saying. Money's not the only thing that matters, but it's the only thing people measure. So you're in business to make money. Now, that money, you might be making money to fund your lifestyle or to live a certain way or to make money to your kids or to be comfortable when you get old or whatever the reason is. You're in business to make money, and too many people get things wrapped up in that that they shouldn't. Oh, the other guy beat me because, uh, you know, he beat me on that sales call because he told a lie about the company or he said something that wasn't true or he pointed out the one person in the last 20 years who wasn't happy with my work or he said something about yeah, and therefore I'm going to go get him. I'm going to do what he did to me, and I'm going to, this yeah, is war, and all that nonsense. And in the meantime, you're missing out on working together with Guy in order for you both to make more money. That's the thing about Donald Trump. For all the talk about the great ego he has and how much he loves himself and how much this and how much that. Or what a fascist he is and what an authoritarian. Yeah. It's all BS. Yeah, it, the, the truth is that he has almost no ego at all. 
Right. But now, yes, he's a very high-performance person, there's no doubt about it, but he didn't sour grapes and them and I'm going to dead. He called Nancy Pelosi his absolute, complete enemy who said the most horrible things about him, and he said the most horrible things about her, and he called her and said, congratulations, so let's figure out how we're, what we're going to do next couple of years. Well, because, so, by so, the way, you know, she's no spring that. chicken herself. She's been in politics oh, yeah, and the head of her party for decades, oh, which, the by the facts, definitely. in other words, she's been in this game and has played it a lot more than Trump. So she also understands, hey, we battle, we fight, we say things, but in reality, let's get some stuff done. Right. Yes, she understands what's going on. She knows the game. No well, you know, that. and this this goes to, I'm going to throw it out there, and I know I don't want to venture into our advanced tip of the week, but again, going back to sports and politics, the same thing. I always say, here's the deal, that the fans buy into the nonsense of rivalries and get more bitter and carry on losses and rivalries for years where the players and the team owners themselves do not at all. When I was in Chicago, I remember I was volunteering in a charity walk, and it was the day after the Cubs had lost the playoffs. I was walking around, and people were so bitter and angry, they were taking down their banners from their windows, and they were all griping, and the papers had big headline, oh, the Cubs lost, everyone's miserable, and I'm like, do you understand that right at this moment, the next, very next morning after the game, the players themselves, none of them are from Chicago, see? So none of them really care. I got news for you. None of them really care about the Chicago Cubs. They're going back to Florida, back to Texas, back to the Dominican Republic. They're cashing their checks. They're figuring out what car I'm going to buy and what house I'm going to buy and how much golf I'm going to play and where am I going to go fishing. And they don't care anymore. But people around Chicago that day, I just saw it as I walked throughout the city for miles, people are miserable and bitter and letting it affect their life. And that happens constantly where the team owners in sports are the next day calling up each other to make trades and who are we going to train the players? Well, let's get next season scheduled because you know when the Red Sox play the Yankees, we sell out like crazy and we sell a lot of souvenirs and we get a lot of TV money. So let's figure out those dates and how we're going to get our rivalry going. And the fans buy into this. Well, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy when you're the business owner and buy into the fact that somehow you're some mortal enemy of your competitor. It's just, you're just big mistake. You're missing out on a lot of money you could be making and a lot less stress. Even more, Steve, forget the next day. The owners are shaking hands that night. And, you know, one of them is paying for the executive chef, the dinner at the executive chef that they flew in because they had a bet. They're having dinner together either way, but whoever loses has to pay the fee for the executive chef they flew in from France to put together the whole big private dinner for them and everything. They couldn't care less about all that stuff. They're fast friends. If not fast friends, at least pals. That's a small group, and all of them like each other and get along with each other. Absolutely. And when you see on TV, no matter what news show you're watching on TV where they bring on the talking heads and they have the big argument and the fight, like you said, they're going right out to a steak dinner right after. I mean, the second the cameras go to a commercial, they're shaking hands and laughing. I mean, did did anyone listening ever have a sibling when you were growing up? You want to tell me that you had a more knockdown, drag-out fight with people from other families than you did with your own brothers or sisters? Give me a break. That's who you fight the hardest against. But at the end of the day, that's your brother or your sister. And so these politicians are the same way and business owners ought to be the same way. Like Everett says, don't get your ego wrapped up and take over for what's best for your business, for your employees, for your customers, for your community, for everything, which is to live in a world of cooperation, 
not competition. I'm not saying don't go after the bid and try and outbid them and try and make more sales. Uh, that's all good. But don't take it personally and think that therefore you're personally, you know, I've heard, I, I've seen it, unfortunately, and I've had to referee in some of it where the one plumber and another one come to the Chamber of Commerce meeting and they won't go anywhere near each other and they sneer at each other across. The, I'm like, what? Come on. Guys, what are you doing? You can make so much more money, so much more easily. So for instance, I'll give you one example. Example, and we'll leave the rest. We have a, a big tip for the advanced tip of the week, as always. But I'll give you one example. Let's just say everyone in town knows there's a big government project coming up, a big commercial bid, and all the heating and air guys in town are bidding on this thing, and then one gets the job. Well, if you're the one immediately who calls up that guy and immediately when the bid is announced that your, quote, competitor got it, and you call up and say, hey, I want to congratulate you, Joe, Great work getting that bid. You know, I really wanted it, but you got it. Hats off to you. And by the way, if you don't have enough guys to do the work and you need some extra guys or extra trucks or tools or whatever, let me know and I'll rearrange my schedule for you and I'll help you make it happen. And so you reach out immediately and you be that person and you realize that now, because guess what? When you throw in those extra guys and or trucks or whatever, you don't think you're getting paid. So now even though you lost the bid, you're still getting paid on some of it. And even if you didn't and he said no, he remembers what you said, and you throw out that olive branch. Guys, this isn't that difficult to do. Well, yeah, and, and that's exactly what happens. When you call, the guy's going to be so blown away. Like, oh, oh well, well, thanks. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, right. He's going to be shocked, and none of your, nobody else is going to do it but you. And who do you think he's gonna he's gonna lay work off to when he gets a little busy? So let's say he's busy and and you're not quite so busy right now. He's gonna lay some work off to you. And, and who do you think when he's ready to retire, he's gonna call first and say, "Do you want to buy me out?" Exactly, he's gonna call and tell you his business. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's and who uh, do you think he's gonna call when another project comes up when he's working on this one and another big project comes up and he hears about it and he says, "Well, I can't. I'm already stretched thin, but let me call Everett because he's a good guy. But let me call him and tell him exactly. about this job." Exactly. There's just so much to gain, folks, from following the lesson learned this week from Donald Trump. Speaking of which. As always, you can go right over right now to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com where you can get the advanced tip of the week where the one and only Everett Farnell and myself will both help you to make even more money than you will by taking to heart the lesson learned from Donald Trump on the podcast episode this week. And as always, there's going to be much more news, much more earth-shattering, the sky is falling, we'll never recover from this stuff happening over the next week. So have no fear, we will be back next week, and you will be here as well for another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.